0: Stand standing against him. I see the enemy coming in like a flood in our houses, in our churches, in our families. But what I don't see is the standard. People of God, where's the standard at? We're in a war, y'all. It's time to stand. The Lord gave the word. Today's message, his line has fallen on me. And now here's Bishop Caldwell. But well, when I finally psych myself into drinking, now once I put it to my lips, I ain't taking it down. I gotta take the whole thing now. Because if I put it to my lips and if I don't drink it all, and my tongue hit my lips, and I really taste it. It's going to sit and see, and I ain't going through all that again, to pick it up again. So once I pick it up, I'm going to take it all down. Oh, but the joy, the next couple of hours, everything is, this is too personal, ain't it? <laughs> Sometimes life can get messy, everybody. If we're going to grow just like you want your children to grow, and they're smaller, you put the right stuff in their cup. Am I right about it? And they drink it up, and they get stronger bones and all of that. Okay, let us move on. In Matthew 26 and 42, talking about Jesus, and he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, Except I drink it, thy will be done. I don't want to drink it. But if it's your will for me to drink it, then your will be done. Sometimes you have to let people go. Can I get a witness in here? Sometimes, I don't care if you all came to elementary school together. Sometimes you have to let people go because of things that happen within the relationship You may have to drink that cup. I never thought that she would steal my money. I never thought, you know, that he would, you know, mishandle my child. I never thought that it would get this bad. But you have to drink that cup of bitterness. When Jesus came to that place, he said, Oh, my father, this cup, let it pass away from me if it's your will. But if not, your will be done. And I think that's the position we need to take. So we don't have to worry all night long. Alright. Uh, another. Now that's the cup of bitterness. First Corinthians 10 and 16. First Corinthians 10 and 16. His lines are fallen unto me. In pleasant places. Man God going to work it out. He's going to work it out. Now watch this, in 1 Corinthians 10th chapter and 16th verse, the cup of blessing, oh that's another cup, which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So we see then that there's a cup of blessing that comes along with the Lord's Supper. It's the blessing because we're his child. We've been invited to his table. So we should partake of what's on the table. So not, no child of God ought to ever be missing the Lord's Supper. Because it's the couple of blessings. You got that? Now. Book of Numbers. I know the enemy is fighting real hard in this pulpit. But I'm going on in Jesus name. I'm going on in Jesus name. Because this message here is one of the most profound that I have embraced and I'm yet excited about it and it's not even yet done. Because when I look back at those lines that have fallen unto me in pleasant places, uh, I came out number one in my class at Fort Polk when I went into the military. I won the Achievement Award. I was the youngest sergeant maid In the 82nd airborne division. Number one. Put inside a full gospel. Preach the first message. In one of the original twelve. Those lines have fallen unto me. In pleasant places. See this is how it works. Have you ever gone through the shadows and all of a sudden there the sunlight is? See the shadows and then the sunlight are two different things. But it's the same God over the shadows. Yea, though I walk through the valley and the shadows of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because I'm waiting on God to move. And I know that when he moves, it's going to be all right. So both shadows and sunshine is all in the hand of the Lord. There's nothing that can happen to you today that God does not know about before it even happens. But yet he does not touch our will. I know I got a lot to say. And you got a lot to hear. Uh, the blessings of the Lord. And how God make things happen for us. Those are those lines falling unto us in pleasant places. Where you know. The other person you look at. It may not be assigned to them. By the Lord for it to work out. The way it's working out with you. And you call that favor. Now. In Numbers chapter 27, I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. This is about Zelophehad. Somebody say Zelophehad. Say it again, Zelophehad. Sunday school. All right. All right, you heard that, didn't you? Numbers 27 and 1, then came the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of of Hepher the son of Gilead the son of Maker the son of Manasseh of the families of Manasseh the son of Joseph and these are the names of his daughters Mala Noah and Hagla and Milcah. and Tirzah. and they stood before Moses and before Eleazar the priest and before the princes and all the congregation, by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, "Our father died in the wilderness, and he was not in the company of them who gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah, but died in his own sin and had no sons." In other words, Zelophehad's daughters. Come now to Moses. And they said, Look, our daddy was not involved in the rebellion that Korah had going on. And he died, but he died in his own sins. He didn't die raising his hand up against the Lord. Well, well, I that's a whole other message I just heard. So he died in his own sin and had no sons. Verse 4 Why should the name of our father be done away from among his family? Because he had no son. Give unto us therefore a possession among the brethren of our father. And Moses brought their cause before the Lord. And the Lord spoke unto Moses saying. The daughters of Zelophehad speak right. Thou shalt surely give them a possession of an inheritance among their father's brethren. And thou shalt cause the inheritance of their father to pass unto them. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel saying, If a man die and have no son, then he shall cause his inheritance to pass unto his daughter. And if he have no daughter, then he shall give his inheritance unto his brethren. And if he have no brethren, then he shall give his inheritance unto his father's brethren. And if his father have no brethren, then he shall give his inheritance unto his kinsmen, who is next to him of his family, and he shall possess it, and it shall be unto the children of Israel a stature and judgment as the Lord commanded Moses. Now, it was not in the stature that any inheritance would pass on to the daughters or to the girls. But see, you got to want what God got for you. You got to raise a stink. Come on, ladies. You you, got to go and get what God has for you. So these daughters of Zelophehad came and made their request to Moses at the door of the tabernacle. And they said, look, our father died. He didn't die, you know, in the sins of Korah, rising up against the Lord. He just died. But you see, at that time, this is why I'm saying, if God, if you need something from the Lord and it's not in his inventory, he'll make it for you. He'll get, oh, he'll get it to you. So so Moses went and told the Lord, the daughters of Zelophehad have come and they want their daddy's portion. They want their daddy's inheritance. They want what their daddy has acquired. And there's no place in the statue that an inheritance would pass to a man's daughters. What's in the statues is that it would pass to a man's son. And if he didn't have sons. Then on and on and on. So God said to Moses. The daughters of Zelophehad. Speak right. God made it an ordinance. There on the spot. Let me tell you something. You can sit back. And you talk about it. Lord know what I need. He sure does. But if you don't ask. You ain't get nothing. We have not. Because we ask not. So the daughters of Zelophehad got their father's inheritance. And watch this now. This is the tricky part. Further along the way, when they got their daddy's inheritance, see, their daddy and his five daughters, say five daughters. His five daughters were of the tribe of Manasseh. So being of the tribe of Manasseh, I thank God for y'all. Y'all are teaching people. Y'all, y'all, look, at least you look like you're getting taught. But in, in the tribe of Manasseh is where these five daughters and Zelophe had, all of them were in the tribe of Manasseh. So God says, give them their father's inheritance. But, somebody say, but they cannot marry outside of their tribe. Huh? Come on now, the Holy Ghost in the house. They are not to marry outside of Manasseh. Uh huh. Second Corinthians, the sixth chapter. Well, now let's let's go to Romans first. Romans eight seventeen. Now, God says the daughters of Zelophehad speak right. In another place, it says, but they can't marry outside of their tribe. They, they, can't, they, they, they can't take their father's inheritance and marry outside of Manasseh. They have to marry within their tribe. hmm. Yeah. Can you see it? Are you in Romans chapter 8? All right. Key in, if you will, on verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now you notice in verse 17, those of us that are born again, we are heirs of God and we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And we're not supposed to take our inheritance outside the body. We're not to marry non-Christians. We're not to take what God has blessed us with. And expose it to heathens. 2 Corinthians 6 and 14. God says I don't want you. Marrying. Outside of your tribe. Because what God blesses us with. He expects us to have wisdom with. And not give our money. To heathens. I don't care how much we say we love them. We're not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. 2 Corinthians 6 chapter 14 through 18 verses. If you're there, say I have it. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols, for you are the temple of the living God. As God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty, the same God who made the declaration on the life of those five daughters. Of Zelophehad. Yeah. Give them their father's inheritance. But they must not. And cannot marry. Outside of Manasseh. Isn't it amazing. In days like these. People just marry somebody. Because they say I love them. And a lot of people. Have gotten a retirement money. From where the Lord had. Allowed the line to fall upon them. In pleasant places. And right now they broke. You know why? They stepped across the line with the inheritance. They didn't have wisdom. And some people married unbelievers. Which exposed their inheritance to a heathen. And a lot of stuff started breaking down. It it doesn't make sense that you... I don't say you, you, but us, it doesn't make sense. What kind of, well, let me put it like this. What kind of sense does it make for you to have your inheritance and then marry outside your tribe? I know it ain't popular. But the lines that had fallen unto Zelophehad's five daughters, God says, I need for that inheritance. To be maintained. And in order for it to be maintained. You cannot marry outside of your tribe. Now. Let's go back to Psalms. And let's work it out. Let's work it out. What do you say? Let's work it out. What do you say? Let's work it out. Psalm 16. Number. and verse 5. Notice this. The Lord is the portion. Of mine inheritance. That's where it came from. The Lord is the portion. Of my inheritance. That word portion means. My part ordained to me. That's why whatever God has for you. It can't be taken, but if you don't have wisdom, you can give it away. huh? And once you give your inheritance away, it's gone. Whole lot of people didn't go down there and pay the taxes. See, I'm a practical preacher. Family property, 60, 70 acres that grandpa worked his hands to the bone for. And left to the family, and nobody in the family went down and paid the taxes and lost their inheritance. Baby, if you're a Christian, you got to be a business minded person, too. You have to pay your taxes. Jesus paid taxes. Told Peter, go down, and the first fish you catch open his mouth, get the money out, and go out and pay our taxes. Am I right about it? You got to hold on to what is blessing you with. I know people talk about, well, you know, you so worldly-minded and all that, and all the thing you think about is things. Let me tell you something. The Lord said, what things soever you desire, things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them things and you shall have them. See, even the priests in Israel, they were not given lots. They were not given nothing because they were supposed to be taken care of by the people. That's why I came away from at and Y'all supposed to be taking care of me. I wonder why this microphone is not on. Those lines have fallen unto me in pleasant places. And baby, when God get to rolling his favor up in your life, it's going to create some enemies. And they're going to wonder, why you? And, and why everything always working out in your favor? And don't have no, no, no good relationship with the pastor of any church. You know, you his favorite. Right. See, people go through all these changes. If you bless, blessed, doggone it, you just blessed. If God has given you favor, and that's how we got saved, it's just favor. It's just favor. It, it, it ain't no need of anybody trying to make it any moral stuff and all that. It's just favor. Have you realized you ought to have somebody in your life that you don't have to do anything toward or for? They just love you. That's it. They just, they just love you. They, they make themselves available for you. They talk to you. They, they, they are there for you. That's that land that God has called to fall unto you in pleasant places and baby when God's get to moving on the line if he can't bring you to the line he gonna bring the line to you oh they lied on Joseph yes they did Miss Potiphar even tried to tempt Joseph Joseph ran out and ended up in prison anybody know what I'm talking about oh that was a bitter cup when Joseph ended up in prison but God God brought Joseph out And Joseph never would have gotten to sit with Pharaoh on the throne unless he had gone through the prison. See, you got to go through to get to. So if anybody in here is going through, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Because God is moving the line for you. It's just a matter of time. It's going to what? Pardon my phraseology. It's just going to all line up. See, God is going to line it all up. Because he controls the line. He, it looked tragic when Joseph ended up in prison running from his Potiphar. But Joseph had to drink of that bitter cup. And Pharaoh up yonder had eaten them hog malt, and now he's having nightmares. Huh? But it's a guy in the prison. ah, Whom the Lord put there. Ah! It ain't supposed to make sense. That's why it's called faith. The man had been released and had gone back. But two years passed. And Pharaoh had eaten them hog moths and had a nightmare. And had seen this stuff. And the man who had met Joseph down in prison said, Mr. Pharaoh, it's a man in your prison, man, that can interpret dreams. Pharaoh says, Is that right? Say, Yeah. Say, He's down there. Go get him. Joseph shaved himself, bathed himself, and put on another garment and went before Pharaoh. And interpreted the dream. And now here Joseph is. What God had planned for his life. When he had told his brothers. Y'all going to bow down before me. Oh no we ain't. And then they threw Joseph in a pit and sold him. That's how Joseph ended up in Egypt. But God. See don't worry about. The, the, where the land is going to move to. God himself is responsible. In his providence. To make the land line, line up. I never knew I would be here. I didn't know I was a preacher. I ain't not know none of that. I, I didn't even know whether or not that being the Holy Ghost. Because when I was drinking that stuff, I was seeing everything. But God has caused his land to fall unto us in pleasant places. <laughs> in pleasant places. And see, when God moves the line, no man can remove the line. You just going to be there them years employed, everybody coming and going, and you still there with all that favor. You ain't bother nobody, but you realize his lines, plural, has fallen unto me in pleasant places. That's, That's how it works. And now you know why you have been successful. Because behind your success stands God. The line mover. The orchestrator. The hand in the glove of human experiences. Be free to love. Be free to relate to other people. Because the line has fallen unto you in Pleasant Place. The Lord is my portion. Watch this. He is my portion in the cup. And He ain't going to let nothing happen to me, to me. Today's message His Lines Has Fallen On To Me. FC 2602. FC 2602 is now available on CD for only $10. And it may be purchased by calling Know Your Bible Act. or you can mail in your request to the Know Your Bible Radio Broadcast 7480 Greenwood Road Shreveport, Louisiana 71119 or email us greenwoodacres at comcast.net Now the question is Jesus returned. I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago, and he answered me. Came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. The trouble all over the world. I'm telling every man, woman, boy, and girl is coming soon. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord